Hey everyone, welcome to the Industry Show. I'm your host Nitin Bajaj, and joining us today is Rohit Awa Banerjee. Happy to be here. Can I call you Rohit? Rohit, just fine. Okay, great. Well, thanks for being with us. Glad to be here. Welcome back from India. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very hearty welcome. I appreciate it. All right. So, get us started. Tell us your journey up to this point in about 90 seconds. Well, uh, 1996, I came into this world. Uh, uh, we came to the United States when I was four years old. Uh, I've always drawn since I was a kid, uh, but you know, Indian, so parents wanted me to be a doctor, an engineer, a scientist. Fortunately, unfortunately, I'm not good at math, so that never worked out, and I passed out the side of blood, so neither would have ever been viable. Um, the older I got, the more uh, into the creative stuff I got into. Uh, and then around about the time I was 13, 14, I went to India one time and I saw my first fashion show and ever since then I've just been hooked on this stuff. So um, I eventually applied to Parsons. I went to Parsons, uh, finished up last year and right now I'm just working on my own brand even though I actually started my mm -hmm. brand uh, around four years ago. So while I was in school, my freshman year. That's how we got here. Here you are. Awesome. So uh, before we delve any deeper into you know, your brand and, and the design philosophy, let's lighten things up a bit. Sure. Yeah. Just Happy to. Uh, you've traveled a bit. Yeah. What's your favorite city? Uh, New York. Definitely <laughs> New York. Uh, it's really hard to live anywhere else if you've it kind of grows on you, a bit like yes. a foot fungus. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> you spend some time there and then the you realize <laughs> that over time you can't really live anywhere else. It's not, it's very convenient sometimes, it's very inconvenient sometimes, but then it just sets a pace to your life where you, it's very hard to stay anywhere else for a longer time. Such an apt comparison, foot fungus, I yeah. love that. <laughs> <laughs> you could say the same about Kolkata if you wanted to, honestly. A little bit more accurately, maybe. Uh, one person that you've met or you would like to meet, People who want to buy my stuff, oh. always. That's Just one? Oh, as many <laughs> as possible. Uh, but seriously, uh, dead or alive? Or Doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Alexander McQueen, that would have been nice. Uh, mm -hmm. Sadly, he's not with us anymore. Yeah. But if I had the chance to meet anybody, it would definitely be him. Any book or last two books you read that you want to share? I'm a big Stephen King fan. Okay. So the last thing I read was Pet Cemetery. Mm -hmm. And right before that, I finished reading Misery. I think Pet Cemetery probably set in a little bit better. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I love horror novels, so Stephen King. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, tell us about, you know, you said you were 14 or 15 when you went to India and, and you saw a fashion show? Uh, I think 13 would be a little 13. bit more, yeah. And uh, so what about it, other than uh, an escape from math, uh, got you <laughs> attracted to it and and how did you think of this could be my my career well at first it just felt like I was doing something bad so the rebellion of it was just really <laughs> intriguing to me and you know since my parents were hell-bent on making me some sort of cookie-cutter Indian kid um, you know th that's how I really felt like I was were they more heavy myself on a little bit more were Sorry? they more heavy on you being a doctor or an engineer uh, doctor, my doctor home side of the family, okay. it's doctor for days. Okay. I mean, it's going to be... Because it's either of the two, right? Uh, yeah. you, you, oh, if uh, 
particularly disgraceful, maybe yeah. engineer. Yeah. So <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> not, you know, both of them ended up being accountants, much to their own parents' dismay. <laughs> uh, I guess it runs in the family. But uh, when when I first started doing it, it was just a really good creative outlet where I really felt like I was learning a lot more about myself than mm -hmm. I ever had been before. And at the same time, it really really pissed them off. So it kind of worked out. <laughs> so uh, did you? meet someone there to kind of get some more uh, well, closer to how do you do this and make this a career? Uh, yeah, actually my uncle's a fashion designer. Um, I'm sure you've heard of Sabyasachi. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a little bit. Here a little there. bit yeah. here and there. He's had a good year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, if it wasn't for him, I'm just so grateful to have had the kind of role model that I had uh, in the person that he was. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he's extremely humble, he's very yes. creative, and yeah. he's, he was really, really supportive in the beginning when uh, I first came to him and I showed him those sketches because for almost eight months before that and I mm -hmm. was just constantly drawing and my sister was like hiding my sketches on the floorboards because dad would find them and yeah. tear them up and just all sorts <laughs> of things and so uh, when I finally showed showed it to him my parents felt this sort of security like okay well he seems to believe in the kid like maybe we should also so it was go. his validation that yeah. sold it to them you know or validation yeah. It, it's yeah. a big deal for us so um, it, it was really really good to have someone like that on my side of the court I think that really made a difference and honestly it changed my life. And so you came back from there and then you applied to Parsons? Well, yeah, w when so you know, the, around yeah. time to apply right. to school kind of came about. So I'd say like around three years after that, three, four years. But you were pretty set that this is oh, what yeah, you wanted yeah. to do uh, by then. I realized there was nothing else I could do for mm -hmm. better or worse. Yeah. And by the time your parents were supportive, okay with you going to Parsons? Getting there, getting there. They were definitely yeah. getting there. Uh, but when I got in there, they they were like, okay, I guess. This is it. <laughs> a retirement fund. Kiss up. Good boy. <laughs> 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 yeah. But, uh, so once you got back, yeah. uh, you know, as you thought through the process, maybe not then, maybe later, a couple of years later, the thought of transitioning this from being a hobby, a passion, to a career mm -hmm. where you would have expectations, uh, you know, not as much as feeding. Start to get more practical. Yep. Right, and you know, returning the retirement funds back and so <laughs> on. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> Student <laughs> loans, retirement <laughs> funds. One at a time, Nick, right. please. <laughs> did, that, yeah. did that put, uh, what was that thought process like, right? I mean, this is no longer going to be a hobby, a passion, something that I enjoy, but there's going to be commitments, uh, you know, so making that choice, what was kind of going on? Well, um, when I had to plant both feet in reality and realize that this wasn't just a creative endeavor, mm -hmm. but this was also going to be a business. Right. right. I started to look at other luxury brand models. Mm -hmm. And this is going to sound kind of odd because I'm in fashion, but something that really inspired me was Mercedes Benz. You know, um, yeah. they have an aspirational car, which is mm -hmm. the S class, and yes. then from that comes the E class and the C class. Right. They create uh, takedown versions. Uh, mm -hmm. What I would say, selling pieces of a fantasy, is, mm -hmm. is compared to the entire aspiration, which might right. not be fully consumable mm -hmm. by somebody. You know, um, the way that I, I translate that is basically, uh, I, I create something for the runway that, that might seem a little bit more avant-garde, mm -hmm. something that gets people dreaming, and yes. then I integrate that sort of larger fantasy into smaller pieces, like uh, be it clothing, right. uh, accessories, mm -hmm. shoes, so on, uh, that still has that aspect of the bigger mm -hmm. picture, but it's just a little bit more approachable and con consumable for mm -hmm. people. So that's how I make money, otherwise <laughs> I'd be very destitute <laughs> and that would not be good. <laughs>
So we have a question from the audience. What is your vision statement, right? I mean, I think you were kind of talking to that just yeah. a bit in the aspiration. Well, I, I wouldn't call that my vision statement. That's just my creed statement. Um, <laughs> my, look, ever since I was a kid, uh, I'm a sucker for a good story. You know, um, I was bullied a lot when I was a kid because we were all immigrants and mm -hmm. I was, uh, I had Asperger's. So it was this whole sort of thing where interacting with people in the first place was not an option that I could automatically fall back upon. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would spend a lot of time just with my head inside of books and reading about great people who would kind of just inspire me to keep going on a day-to-day -day basis. And mm -hmm. the stories that really appealed to me were the stories of great women. You know, these weren't my stories, these mm -hmm. were their stories. And those stories just kept me inspired and they kept me wanting to keep doing whatever I could because it, back then, look, especially historically speaking. We live in a pretty extraordinary time where we've come far, there's yes. a lot further we could go, but being rebellious for women 500 mm -hmm. years ago was something that could yes. get them killed. Yep. So if they could suck it up yeah. and keep doing what they did and you know, turn the wheel forward in okay. some way or another, uh, I start to realize that I should definitely just hone in and mm -hmm. start being the person that I am because I had the opportunity to be. I mean, they didn't right. and they still made a statement. Yes. So um, the older I got and when I decided to be a fashion designer, um, what happened was I, I felt this profound sense of gratitude where I, I wanted to share those stories that inspired me, particularly the stories of women that inspired mm -hmm. me. Again, they are not my stories, these are theirs. Right. And I just saw myself as a messenger who translates these stories that are very relevant to the modern day, mm. uh, creates historical p parallels to what's going on right now. and. That's how I think they fit into the world, um, right. by creating collections that are inspired by these great women. Nice. So, you know, you also talked about, um, talk to us a bit more about the reflection of your own personal challenges and what you felt and what made you relate to these stories of great women mm -hmm. and how did that end up into the creative outstream into your designs? Well, the stories are just, rocket fuel for creativity, yes. to be honest with you. I mean, living a high, high contrast life to what was expected to be the norm of mm -hmm. whichever time period anybody lives in, really. I mean, it's something where you have people that are doing things that just kind of makes you turn around for a second and be like, okay, this stands out, this stands out. Yeah. Everything stands out because yeah. they're doing things that were completely against the yes. grain. And so it, I related to that in my life by doing things like, uh, for example, even wanting to be a creative uh, in my family. Mm -hmm. It's uh, sure I had somebody who it already worked out for, but there were certain things that were ex expected of me right. and a certain path I was supposed to follow that I definitely rubbed up against and didn't follow <laughs> at the end of the day. And also, I'm never going to be able to understand the fullness of their suffering mm -hmm. because they lived in a time where, yeah. you know, they really didn't have any say at all. Right. Uh, yeah, there were like bit pockets of places. Mm -hmm. uh, certain examples that, yeah, women had a little bit more independence be it ancient Egypt or uh, certain aspects of Indian history as well. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of places, but it just wasn't. In the general context, yeah, right? It, it was that sort of uh, using, it, it was the ingenuity of those people, right. uh, making the best of a really, really shitty situation yes. that it, uh, kind of spoke to me where I didn't have a lot of friends when I was a kid. Um, I had to find my way and almost make my own friends through the stories that I read, the things that inspired me. So uh, 
just kind of having to improvise and make the best of a bad situation. That's what I really learned, I think. That's, that's deep. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, you're about to be very disappointed <laughs> for the rest of this interview. <laughs> so who was your first customer? You know, once, you, once you said, this is what I'm going to do, well, even before that, what was your first commercial design? I mean, I'm guessing the rest of it was, you know, you were forcing your relatives, your parents, your sister to mm. wear what you just made. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm just making that up, but I'm guessing that's you how it You make it, it sound a lot easier than <laughs> it actually. No, um, my parents don't wear my clothes. My sister definitely doesn't wear my clothes. Um, but m my first customers were just people who came to the show. They, they believed in my vision, and I'm really, really grateful that they happened to be there because uh, having a little bit of, what's the word for it? It starts with an A. Um, we just said the word. Uh, what was it? Uh, validation. Okay. Yeah, having some sort of validation from somebody. You threw me off. It approval. Start with an a. Uh, yeah, approval. Approval. Okay. approval. <laughs> I was thinking approval. I'm like, all right, synonym. <laughs> Where are we going? Um, but s some sort of, yeah, somebody actually believes in this enough to spend money on it. Right. It's, I'm not going to lie. Like, there, there's part of me where it just feels really good about that. Yes. It makes me want to keep going and yes. doing stuff where... All right, people actually like this stuff enough for me to make right. more of this stuff. Yes. Yeah. Nice. And uh, so you did, yeah. w what What fashion show was this? This wasn't the, was this the New York fashion? Yeah, this week? was the New York fashion okay. week. Yeah. How did you get there? <laughs> um, I designed a collection. I happened to stumble upon a very good PR firm. And you just stumble upon, you didn't, yeah, they, they you didn't work. What? You didn't work hard to find them, you just stumbled upon them. No, okay. no, I, I sure. actually worked very hard to find them. <laughs> there were a series of uh, trial and error situations, some quite gruesome. <laughs> and eventually uh, I, I found somebody who helped me walk on that path to kind of get this first and second opportunity. And then after that, I kind of honed into school for a while. Mm -hmm. um, I decided that I was going to do something that... Uh, I was able to put more time into, mm -hmm. and that's why I'm really excited for this show that's going to come up uh, towards the end of October and on the 30th. Uh, I, I feel like I've had quite a bit of time over the summer yeah. um, after I finished up with all that to really just put time into it, and I'm really excited for people to see it. Let's talk about those shows for a sec. Sure. Um, tell us more. When are the shows? Where are they going to be? Sure. What, what collection um, are you going to have? So uh, the first one is going to be in uh, October. Uh, mm -hmm. The earlier part of October, I think, the yeah. 13th. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be in Indian fusion, like a little bit of Western wear inside mm -hmm. of it, but this is my first endeavor into actually doing more Indian clothes. And then the one on the 31st is, well, the 30th is going to be um, Western wear completely. So that's going to be more along the lines of um, narrative in integration mm -hmm. and like utilizing what's a little bit more of my vision statement. Uh, the first one is, um, I it's a capsule collection and it's kind of jumping off the cliff for me a little bit because I haven't done Indian clothes before but mm -hmm. I'm very proud of my heritage and I'm also very proud of my Western heritage. It's something that it's, it, it's I hate being painted into a box. Right. You know, I'm Indian American. Mm -hmm. um, both of those words are very valuable to yeah. me. And so what I've experienced in the past was um, whenever I thought about making Indian clothes, people would tell me I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and when I tried to design Western clothes, people would also say, why don't you try designing Indian clothes? <laughs> so I was hearing go back to your country from like both sides. And you know, and, it's quite and that's confusing. What you did, right? what? And that's what you did. You went back to India. No, I, I came back and forth. And <laughs> right. I, I realized that I need them both. I, I, I yes. can't 
Why pick, without right? doing one or the other. So yeah. I'm very adamant about doing both things at this point in time where I, I feel a lot more confident in the way that I do both mm -hmm. these days. So I, I think it's about time for me to just hone in and embrace both my heritages right. to the full extent I can. What are your favorite colors and materials? <laughs> that um, changes very, very often. Oh, sure. um, depends on the collection. Uh, for the Western wear right now, I'm actually looking at transition from Gothic color palettes to mm -hmm. Renaissance color palettes. So, okay. uh, so since one ended up uh, succeeding the other, mm -hmm. uh, I, I find that intermediary, intermediary point to be very, very important, but also to the fuller narrative of the collection that's going to come up, and I can't tell you too much about sure. that, sorry. But, um, but for, for the Indian club, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> give somebody, I'll give audience, you a little right? bit to nibble on, but not too much. Um, but as far as um, the Indian clothes are going right now, I've been looking a lot at Rajasthan and mm -hmm. the kind of uh, the architecture that's over there. I, Jaipur is a beautiful city, and mm -hmm. so there's so much to be learned there from the craft and the textiles. Yeah. And I have some very if I don't mention them, um, I have some very proud Rajput friends yeah. who will always make a point to say how Rajput they yes. are. <laughs> and the most beautiful part about that is they share so much of their culture with me mm -hmm. and, and the stories that make uh, such a legendary warrior culture. Right. You know, so um, that kind of warrior culture and then making a women's work collection mm -hmm. out of it, it just kind of clicked for me. That, uh, that it, yeah. it sounds, it's something that really talks to the kind of designer that I am. Right. So in terms of the Indian, Indian clothes, that's what's going to be coming out of there. Uh, a lot more color than I've ever done before. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm excited for it. So that. rich and deep and yeah. so much variety there. Oh, so yeah. much. So, so much. Yeah. Give us a sense of, of um, your operations. You know, you have a setup in India. Yeah. Uh, you have some plans to launch. I have a workshop with 12 children. <laughs> no, not actual children. No, child yeah. labor is yeah. bad. <laughs> Don't do that. That's, that's horrible. Um, but yeah. 12 fully grown adults who <laughs> happen to be my children. <laughs> and I'm, I'm quite fond of every single one of them because they just bring something so interesting to the table from their own backgrounds as well. Um, so uh, three embroiderers, three mm -hmm. tailors, one pattern master, uh, two hand workers. Uh, God, I'm, I'm missing somebody or another. I, I feel like this is one of these things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where I'm just like, no, there's an Aesop riddle about this somewhere or another. But um, yeah, myself included, but n not myself included 12. There, there, there's, I'm sure somebody better at math will <laughs> get up, get on my ass for whatever number that I gave so far. But yeah, yeah I'm really happy to work with all of them. Yeah. And uh, the setup, all of them are in? Uh, uh, under one roof, yeah. Okay. So uh, there's a little workshop uh, on the roof of my ancestral home that we turned into another room. Nice. And so we have like an entire floor that's a workshop. I love being there. The only thing is like India, well, Kolkata gets me quite ill if I stay for an extern extended yeah. period of time, hard water, whatnot. So there you go. And how often do you go back and do you? As often as I can. And now that I'm going to get more time, I'm going to be going even more often. Mm -hmm. um, I, I spend around three, four months a year over there, okay. um, either continuously or spread apart. Um, and then because of just technology these days, we have like right. WhatsApp, video chat, yeah. everything that we could possibly need uh, to run a business from a different country. Um, minus sleep. Yes. <laughs> it's one of those things where um, very grateful for the time that I've gone to yeah. live in and the opportunities that yes. I've found in India. Yeah. So talking about lack of sleep, uh, tell us a bit more about some of the challenges, some of the opportunities that you've faced as an entrepreneur, as someone who's 
you know, working on something you're passionate about okay. and how do you, you know, overcome those or just kind of deal with it? Well, um, just going on to lack of sleep, it's, it's really, fashion designers have this kind of masochistic streak yes. where they just make themselves do things that their bodies just can't really handle. And in my younger days, um, I love look, how I'm you're talking about old. in third person. What? Third person, fashion designers, I, not I, me. I have to separate it in yeah. some way or another. It makes it a little bit more palatable. Um, but it's one of those things where um, fashion designers, me included, have this kind of... Uh, Colbert said something that was really, really interesting in a podcast interview with Conan where um, the value of suffering. Mm -hmm. You know, um, obviously, don't do things that are actual self-harm. But I'm, I'm saying having something in your mind where if I work really hard and actually put myself through the things that I need to put myself mm -hmm. through and there's something good at the end of the tunnel, I'm going to 100% do that. Nice. Um, that was a mentality that's kind of, I, I wouldn't say eased up, become a little bit more physically rational yes. <laughs> over the years. I think um, when I was younger, I could stay awake for like a couple days straight. I can't really do mm -hmm. that sort of thing anymore. I've seen the toll that it's taken on my body. Um, so. Th that was al always a struggle, like how do I maintain like physical health and mm -hmm. also like the pressures of a high pressure job. Uh, yeah. uh, so what I did was, you know, it's really important to take care of yourself, uh, take care of yourself in terms of like diet, exercise, sleep and, mm -hmm. you know, set the proper deadlines. Yes. Be being an organized fashion designer is probably the only way to be a healthy right. fashion designer. Yes. At the end of the day, if you have um, timetables set up where you know, after this many hours of work, you're actually getting the amount of rest that your body yeah. needs. You have time in the morning to get a, get in a bit of a mm -hmm. run, uh, proper times to actually yeah. eat. You know, yeah. just like running any business, you have to make yeah. sure that you're actually keeping yourself up so mm -hmm. that you could actually keep your work going. Okay. So th that's one of the challenges that hopefully with a little bit of maturity, I'm able to tackle better these kind days. Of maintain yeah. the discipline and yeah. Physical and discipline, mental discipline, right. everything needs to be maintained to run a proper business. Yeah. Right. Anything specifically in terms of, um, you know, India went through this huge demonetization and... Oh, buddy, <laughs> where do we start? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we couldn't... So uh, luckily we had money at home because like everybody keeps us safe in India. But the thing is like trading in like all these dollars for like, man, it was a mess. Just like weeks yeah. and weeks and weeks of like giving people like subsidized salaries and yeah. like keeping track of everything and yeah. making sure that everybody gets their money because Look, we run by every way a sustainable business where we think about the workers just as much right. as we think about ourselves. Like they're working in relative amount of comfort that most people don't, a lot of people don't consider when opening up a workshop over there. That's why, look, I, I've seen um, so many documentaries about like sweatshops and so on mm -hmm. and like the way that people are just yes. mistreated. The Indian laborer, if you don't develop a sort of mutual respect and a trust, it's Even gonna, th they won't do shit for you. Right. Ever. Yeah. Uh, or they'll just like, they'll make their money and then they'll let go and you're gonna be on the cycle of constantly yes. replacing your worker right. like one month after month. And yeah. the people who've been with me have been with me since the very beginning. Yeah, we've had like maybe personal changes like here and there, but I could count them all on my, on four fingers, <laughs> really. Right. So, yeah. um, demonetization was a big challenge because that was where that trust was really strained at, mm -hmm. at one point because you know getting money from the bank right. was just it's as much of a challenge yeah. Yeah, right so and, and if you're running a small business forget yeah. about it so yeah. uh, we really saw the way that we treated them over several years pay off because all of them stuck around yes till the very end they knew that we'd get their money so it's great yeah 
Where do you see yourself two, maybe three years out? Two, three years out, hopefully a little bit wealthier. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I want to grow my business and uh, maybe open up a little bit of a workshop in Los Angeles. I'm never going to close a thing in India because yeah. the craftsmen there yeah. are like family to me at this point. Mm -hmm. They've been along with me on this whole trip and I'm immortally grateful to them, like eternally grateful. Sorry, I'm not going to live forever, unfortunately, <laughs> but it, it's one of these things where um, it's, uh, again, like I was saying about my mixed heritage, I, yeah. I want something here as well as having something there. there. I'd yeah. love to get into retail a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to make clothes that are even more approachable than yeah. what my own uh, little algorithm for <laughs> making those clothes are these days. So uh, I, I want to make sure that more and more people know about the brand and are obviously buying from the brand, but right. you know, uh, I, I want to keep sharing my stories. Right. Well, not my stories, but these short stories that the are like stories really that important need to, to people, right. that need to be shared, and yeah. stories that are relevant. Yeah. How's your, I mean, we kind of talked about this in different aspects, but specifically, how has your Indian ethnicity helped shape you for good or worse, right? Uh, especially in the business context, mm -hmm. in the decisions you make, in how you look at things. Um, I'm not Gujarati, so <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't really get into that. No, but well, we, uh, can, we can train you on that. Oh yeah, I, I really hope so. We, no, we have a Gujarati in the house. Oh my God, <laughs> I really need a Gujarati. <laughs> no, but um, the thing is, my Indian heritage has taught me to value people from all aspects and walks, walks of life. There is such, okay, visually speaking and physically, the way that a country is made up is very colorful. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we have people who offer a variety of things that can all be utilized to make something that's bigger than us. I mean, I, I mean that's what our republic was based off of. Yes. Uh, that's what several empires in the past mm -hmm. were based off of. Everybody yeah. has their role. And now, more than ever, it's become more democratic where there's social mobility and yes. so many things that come with it. So I think the value of the Indian worker is going up. Um, and I think because of that, people are more willing to work with people, mm -hmm. uh, work to their full potential as compared to just being a means to an end before. Right. Uh, workers are treated a little bit better, hopefully, um, than before. We, we certainly do, and we've seen the fruits of that. Mm -hmm. So um, having that rich craftsman heritage, uh, rich diversity heritage, yeah. you know, it's, it really informs us business as it grows. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. Uh, what what drives you, right? I mean, yeah, hmm? money is one, but That's what motivates you? <laughs> no. yeah. I know, but uh, what makes you get up and you know go through these challenges, issues, lack of sleep, and and still want to do no, this, I right? Right. It's much better. Now. <laughs> um, stories need to be told. Yeah. Um, we live in what we're starting to see heinous political treatment of women in the country yes. right now. Yeah. What's, go what's going on uh, in terms of, you know, state bans on abortion, mm -hmm. um, the way our president talks about women. Yeah. I mean, now more than ever, people need these stories. And yes. more important, most importantly, these are stories that women have written themselves. Right. right. So why not pay that forward if this mm -hmm. has helped anybody in their lives before? Yeah. They need to definitely say that, yeah, this is how I got through it. And yeah. if they got through it, you could definitely get through it. One more. So yeah. passing it forward. What are you most excited about right now? Next few collections that are coming up. Um, October is going to be a really good month. Yes. Uh, Brexit's going to happen on the 30th. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> 31st. <laughs> wink, wink. So, 
um, that collection is something that I'm really, really looking forward to. Are you Lots ready with the collection? From that collection. Are yeah. you ready with the collection? Is everything set, ready to go? <laughs> Talking about discipline and stuff? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it'll get done. It'll get done. I always does enough. So. Okay. My, my elves are on it. They'll, they'll get it done. Uh, but we're going at a good pace. If, we, if we're really going to talk practically about it, um, mm -hmm. we're reaching a place where uh, I feel pretty good about this collection. Both of them. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. On that note, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was me. wonderful to have you. Yeah, and good luck with your shows. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Take yeah. care. See you. Thanks. Thanks.